Hello again. So this is not a repeat episode, in case you're wondering from the title. We received lots of wonderful feedback on our stories of goodwill during this COVID pandemic episode that we did. And then we also received a lot of tips and other good stories that people have been taking part of. So we've been trying to track these people down and record them, which you'll hear from in this episode. So as the world starts to reopen after COVID-19 lockdowns, here's another episode of some goodwill stories our industry companies and professionals have been taking part of. We hope everyone is staying safe, and we hope you enjoy this latest episode of the Parking Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the largest and leading association of parking and mobility professionals in the world. Visit parking-mobility.org slash stay connected to access free resources, including professional development and transitional memberships for industry professionals affected by COVID-19 changes. Hello, and welcome to The Parking Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the $100 billion parking industry and the people that make it go. I'm your host, Isaiah Mao, and this is The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Okay, first on the podcast, we have Megan Smith, Director of Marketing and Communications at Pay by Phone. How are you today, Megan? Hi, Zai. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well, thanks. Grateful for my health and safety, all things considered. How are you and your family, may I ask? Yeah, we're great. We're hunkered down and uh, podcasting. So thanks for joining the podcast. You're actually our second person from Pay by Phone. The world famous Romy Valera was on earlier or last year, actually did a great job, but so happy that you get to join and I get to meet you. So we're going to talk a little bit about COVID-19. So it's been affecting everyone, especially frontline workers, seniors, and those other vulnerable families. Thankfully, the world Central Kitchen and Pay by Phone are wanting to help that. So you guys have been providing free meals for these people through the Chefs for America program. I think I got that right, but can you tell us a little more about that program and what Pay by Phone's been doing? Absolutely, and very excited that we are part of this partner program. So Chefs for America is a specific program that is run by the World Central Kitchen that was founded just over a decade ago by the famous Miami chef Jose Andres and his wife. And the program's purpose, and this is what's really exciting, it's truly about making a key connection between the people who need the meals and restaurant workers and drivers who need to earn a living. So this means restaurants that otherwise may have been temporarily closed are actually back in business and are working to feed the hungry. And here's a fun fact for you. So as of the 23rd of April, the Chefs for America program has indeed served over 3 million meals in over 28 cities. So it's definitely a worldwide uh, movement which is helping during this pandemic. Wow, that's amazing. It is, and we're so excited to be a part of it and really hoping that this drive can really push more people to be able to donate for those who really are in a time of need. Yeah, so how does it work with Pay by Phone? How are you collecting donations to help with this wonderful initiative? So listeners can simply open the Pay by Phone app and enter the location number 19 for COVID-19. And then you add the amount you wish to donate in minutes. And then you simply hit the pay and park button and you're done. It's that simple. So just for example, I could add 20 minutes. I open the app, I hit location number 19, and then I simply add 20 minutes, which is the equivalent of $20. So, and something is important to note is this program is open to actually any listener who has the pay by phone app. And something to note though, is if you are outside the US, you simply set your location in the app settings to United States and you can still donate. This won't be the case for the majority of our listeners, but for example, I myself am based in Vancouver and I have donated to the program. I simply set my location to the US. 
If it's not the case, you simply just continue and add the donation number and the number of minutes, and then you're set to go. It's that easy. And how can listeners learn more about Chefs for America program? Sure, as I have more information, listeners can go to the paybyphone.com forward slash Chefs for America website. I personally just type those two words into Google and it brings it up just as fast. Or listeners can go directly to the World Central Kitchen website, which is wck.org forward slash Chefs for America. Again, you can type WCK and Chess for American to Google and it'll bring it up for you. We can learn more about the program history as well as its latest updates, the cities it donates in and how many meals per city the progress has been tracked. So that is how you can learn more. And of course, people can reach out as well to our team to have any further information that regard as well. Wonderful. And the Parking Podcast will be making... A donation on behalf of Pay by Phone, spending your time on the podcast. Thank you so much. Fantastic. I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you. We appreciate that. No problem. And there you have it, folks. So download the app if you're one of the few in the world that don't already have the Pay by Phone app. It's wonderful. And then donate to Zone 19. Pretty easy. Thank COVID-19. So thank you so much, Megan, for joining the podcast. And please thank your leadership team and Pay by Phone for jumping on this wonderful little initiative. Thank you. Will do. And I think, you know, it's really important more now than ever to recognize the world as it is today. And, you know, in a contactless payment world is something that we want to really add. So providing safety in a world during COVID, contactless is a priority for both our cities and the people within it. So Pay by Phone is excited to be accessible and supportive in this time. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. And yes, I know a lot of the mobile payment uh, providers may be on hard times for April, but if there's one thing going forward in the future, that's optimism for these mobile payment providers because everyone is going to be looking for contactless options. More and more people aren't going to want to touch hardware. They're going to want to use apps like pay by phone. So that's good news going forward. Thank you again, Megan. Great points. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me and chat soon. Keep safe. Thank you. Do too. Bye. Next up on the podcast, we have John Graham, mayor of Manitou Springs and Roy Cheney. Deputy City Administrator with the City of Manitou Springs. So welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. How are you two doing today? Doing very well. Thank you. Doing great. Thank you. Great. So we are focusing on encouraging stories in the parking industry during COVID-19. I didn't know if you all were aware there's a parking industry and a parking podcast, but here we are. And so one of my favorite stories I recently saw online was this Parking Pays It Forward initiative from the City of Manitou Springs. So can you tell us a little bit about how this works? Yeah, we'd be happy to. I'll, I'll start off a little bit, and then Roy can fill in the details because he's really the brains of the operation. We, we have a paid parking program in Manitou Springs, and typically this uh, is directed throughout our downtown business area and our uh, adjacent uh, city parking lots. In normal conditions, the, these, you know, we've used the, uh, the revenue for, for other city uh, operations Recently, we had uh, done away with the parking. We had free parking. Of course, we had very few people here, so it wasn't really a big deal. As we got into May, we moved to the, the strategy that we would take the parking revenue and use that to buy protective equipment, to protective gear for local businesses and, and for their customers. So uh, using the money, we're basically you know, uh, focusing on getting masks for business owners, their employees, and uh, our, our guests, their customers. Well, I can probably put a little more detail into that. No, that's that's great, great story, great news. Yeah, Roy, what else can you add to that? 
Well, um, you know, the, I, I will say that the brains actually initially on this program was uh, Shemi Slomo. I think I said that right, but he's a uh, local business and resident uh, owner. And he, uh, he thought, you know, it'd be great for parking to find a way to help out the businesses uh, during this struggle with COVID. So he thought, you know, why can't we do that for parking revenues for a month or, or more? We have to look at it, but um, and to help maybe buy masks and, and to help businesses try to, when they reopen, to, to help them out. So he, he brought up the idea. Uh, and then, of course, I presented it to the mayor and, and the city administrator, Denise Howell. And, and, um, and so from there, it got some legs and interest. And, but, but it's a neat idea to take the money. You know, we have to do parking here anyway in Manitou because of the fact that if if we don't charge something, you know, you can have employees taking up parking spaces in front of the businesses. So part of the uh, uh, idea of paid parking, it's used to help with turnover and to allow people to get spots to go actually shop. And and so that's kind of important. And But now we can do it as well this month to... Uh, give back to the community and to the businesses so they can get their shops open and keep everyone safe. So that, that's kind of where we're at now. And, and uh, so far, going real well. People seem real positive about it. Yeah, no, and, and, and as they should. And I, I like one thing Mayor Graham said earlier that uh, typically the parking funds go back into the community. I know there's a famous uh, planner, Donald Shoup, who proposes that if you're going to put in paid parking, Make sure those proceeds are going back into the community where the meters are to help, whether it's improving the streets, landscaping, beautification, putting in a park or dog park. So I've seen some pretty cool stuff that parking proceeds have gone through or gone towards over the years. But this one's really neat, especially in light of the times. And, you know, we talked about this in email communications, but on street parking, you know, oftentimes gets a a bad rep in, in cities. And so I'm glad that. Uh, cities like Manitou Springs are, are doing it the right way, helping, as you said, Roy, just taking care of creating turnover, eliminating cruising, you know, for people searching for parking, which is going to help with traffic and congestion and then putting that proceeds back into the community. So well done, man. Thank you so much, Mayor Graham, Roy. I really appreciate it. And I hope you uh, continue to do great things for Manitou Springs. Great. Thank you. Next up on the podcast, we have Gary Means, CAP, Executive Director of the Lexington Parking Authority. Welcome back to the Parking Podcast, Gary. How are you today? Hey, I'm great, Isaiah. It's an honor to be with you again. Hey, and you hold a special place in my heart because I don't know if you remember this. I'm sure you do, but we recorded our first episode. I think yours is the second come out, but you were my first guinea pig recording. We knocked it out of the park, recorded an hour, and then I called you later and said, Gary, I forgot to hit the record button. And then we had to do it <laughs> all over again. But, I so, forgot about that, yeah. but hey, it, maybe it helped me answer your questions better. Yeah, and then the second time was, was even better. But this episode, so we're, we're focusing on encouraging stories again in the parking industry during COVID-19. And of course, you can't talk about good stores without Lexington Parking Authority being involved. We talked about the food for fines in the past. The recent press release I read about was you know, the parking meters, we're turning them back on in Lexington, but we're donating that revenue for the rest of the month to local charities. So I think I stole a lot of your thunder there, but maybe you can expand and tell a little bit more about the genesis of that. Sure. Thanks for asking and, and having us on again and get, giving us an opportunity to tell our story. This is an interesting time for everybody and everybody's impacted in different ways. 
And as we started to look at things loosening up in the month of May, we were thinking about, okay, and in our case, we had actually turned off the meters or put up signs or, or small notes that said, you know, free parking, two hour limit. So that's what we've been doing for over two months now. Yep. So as we started to think about, well, what's the right time to start charging again? One of our team members suggested turning them on and then donating the revenue to charities. And I thought, wow, that's a great idea. I kept thinking a little bit more about it. So the way we decided to come up, come up with this was, this was in the first few days of May that we started talking about it. And so I decided, I, I knew by June for sure, I would probably want the meters to be back in. It just looked like, you know, restaurants were starting to be able to open under certain guidelines and things like that. So why not just do the last half of May and donate that money? So in a way, you have kind of a soft opening, reopening of the meters. I think the community always feels better about knowing where their money is going to go. And let's just face it, nobody really likes paying a, a parking meter just like they don't like paying a, a parking citation. And, and that, that's what we play off of with our Food for Fines program. But in this case, um, it gave us an opportunity to go on and turn on the meters, get the announcement out that the meters are going to turn on, but it's going to a good cause. And then the next question is, well, what is the good cause? What would we feel comfortable donating that to? And so, of course, we've worked with God's Pantry with the Food for Fines program for a number of years now. And so that was one of our choices, but also one of our local foundations had created a COVID-19 response fund that folks in need could apply and utilize that money. And then just as we were getting ready to announce it, the mayor's office had created another fund to help some of the local missions and, and charities and organizations that they sponsor each year, but are going to have to cut out of their budget because of all the other challenges within the government. These very, very important and vital organizations to our community can get a little bit of help from the meter revenues. And so our meters are going to be, that'll be two full weeks of meter revenue and our mobile payment app, all of that that comes in, will donate to those funds. And that's kind of the program for uh, the last half of May. That's a great story. I think God's Pantry, that's that's the one that you've partnered with for Food for Fine in the past. So they got to love uh, parking in, in Lexington. So that's, that's awesome, Gary. Great job. Thank you. So what else? I, I know even before COVID, you were kind of moving into this gateless, touchless environment. But what are some, some more things you're doing to protect your customers and your employees by thinking in that contactless, touchless, outside-the-box way? Right. So, you know, probably all organizations like ours are thinking about how do you come back? How do you reopen all of the things that we have to clean and reclean and surfaces, handrails in doors and garages, meters out on the street? And there's just no way. I think we've all embraced that fact. There's no way you're going to keep it clean. The moment you get something clean, somebody touches it, it really, it's, it's not sterile anymore. And so we got to thinking about, you know, our mobile payment app is something that we always would like to boost the, the use of and, and there's, there's many of them out there. We, in particular, work with Pay by Phone, have a great partnership with them, and always want to sort of encourage our customers in Lexington to use that app anyway. But now it's a perfect time to be talking about that where they can take care of their whole transaction from the comfort of their car, walking down the sidewalk and not touch the parking meter. And in a gateless environment, like you brought up, we also accept that app. So you can actually pull into a garage park and go somewhere and not touch anything. 
that is ours. No, none of the surfaces in the garage. So that is, is something that kind of took a little bit of thought, but then it's kind of a no brainer. And then if you have facilities gated that offer credit card in, credit card out, that's another touchless opportunity. And maybe some organizations haven't thought of that because it was kind of a aha moment when we realized, wow, we can actually be touchless at every single transaction point out in the, uh, in the field, both or on street and off street. Gary, man, I, I've been doing this for a long time and I've, I've known about credit card in, credit card out for years, but never thought of it in that way. That's so true. Probably most parking revenue control systems out there, gated garages, usually have that feature. They just don't promote it and customers don't know about it. I don't know why. That's a brilliant way to go about touchless, lower your expenses from pulling tickets or chip coins, uh, lower the, the transmission of, of the disease. That's a great idea. So there you have it, folks. Promote that credit card in, credit card out. Get that on your website, your social media, get a tutorial video. And exactly. then also the, the mobile apps, think about ways, how can you promote that? Whether it's maybe discounting the fee or, um, mm-hmm. do, or donating the fees to charity, just think outside the box to help further promote that usage. Because I bet when we go back, that those numbers are going to skyrocket mobile payments because people, again, are getting used to doing things on apps now, no matter your age or technology experience, people are getting used to that. I completely agree, Isaiah. Gary, man, thanks again. Appreciate all you do for this industry, all that Lexington is doing, and I'm sure your, your downtown uh, community appreciates it. Have a great week, and thanks for joining the podcast again. Thank you, Isaiah, and thanks for doing this podcast for our industry. We all really appreciate it. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Okay, next on the podcast, we have Charlie DeBeau, CEO and co-founder of CurbTrack. How are you today, Charlie? I'm doing well, my man. How are you? I'm good. Charlie, you had the distinct pleasure of being the first ever on the parking podcast. How does that feel? It feels great. I'm honored. And, and am I the first repeat? Well, yeah, I think no. Actually, yes. So I've had repeat, but they haven't come out their second episode yet. So you will be the first repeat as well. Do you know why you were the first on the podcast? Why? Because I just felt comfortable with you. You're, you're non-judgmental. I knew you'd play along. You did great. Kind of a way for me to test the waters with someone that wouldn't make me feel stupid. So that says a lot about you, Charlie. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. Talking about COVID, you know, the whole world is now ordering food through food delivery services such as Grubhub. So these drivers are on the front lines handling the food pickup process so that people mm-hmm. like you and I don't have to. Luckily, companies like Grubhub and CurbTrack have partnered to make the jobs easier. So I'm talking about this clean driver program that you guys recently rolled out. So tell us about this program, Charlie. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a friend of mine that works at Grubhub and just catching up, you know, going through the Rolodex of, you know, people I haven't talked to in a little bit since we all had some time. And uh, we were just chatting about how Grubhub was shipping individual kits to their drivers that had some masks, some sanitizer in it, right? And it cost, it was costing them, it, it was expensive. And, and I thought, you know, immediately of, you know, my partner in Curb Track, Dan Bell, who owns Park Ops, which is, you know, an automotive hospitality company. I said, well, you know, we have 300 guys sitting on the sidelines right now that we had to lay off because none of the car dealerships are open. So wouldn't it be more economical for Grubhub if you guys just sent us the bulk shipment of your kits and we had drivers come through a pop-up distribution center 
and be able to coordinate that through, you know, parking technology, right? Reservations yep. and, and scanning and have them just come through the lane to pick it up. And so that's where it kind of took off. I guess what this means is I'm a Grubhub delivery driver in the Philadelphia area. Instead of getting one shipped, I can just choose a time slot, pull into the pickup site and pick up my PPE kit and be on my way. Correct. Right. And, and, and the, you know, the, the high level kind of financial impact that is, is that if you look at the shipping cost of five to $6 per one of these kits, based on you know, what our expectations are, after you consider paying you know, labor to be on site and the bulk shipping price, I think we're down to about two to 250, right? So we're able to cut wow. the, the cost in half. And the benefit for us is that you know, we've been able to put people back to work, right? So we have five guys there right now operating this site and we got people back to work and that's, that's a win for, win for everybody. That's great. Yeah. So Grubhub saves money on having to ship these. You're able to save jobs from people that have to man this, man these booths for the pickup. And then the drivers don't have to wait for a, a kit to be shipped to their address. They can just go pick it up now and provide their job functions safer. So that's really cool, Charlie. I'm really impressed at how quickly you turned it around. So what was the, what was the timing like from when you had this idea to actually pulling this off? Because it's kind of amazing you're able to do this in such a short turnaround. Yeah. So. I can remember, like I know what date it was because Mark Cuban had a few few tweets out earlier in the month that you know were basically saying, "Don't be afraid to to figure out problems. Don't be afraid to succeed in in, in a crisis like this." And, and that resonated with me. And, and that phone call happened the next day, so it was April fourth. Wow! So from April fourth to April, let's see, we launched on the twenty eighth. We were able to logistically pull together contracts, which is not an easy thing considering, you know, the amount of companies that we were dealing with. So we pulled together Park Ops for the staffing, Park Mobile for the reservation system, and Ballpark to scan the Park Mobile you know, barcodes to validate that they were, they were done. We accepted shipment of kits for, for 1,500 drivers. So we're talking thousands and thousands of masks and sanitizers and bags and, and disinfectant Wow. So logistically, yeah, I'm, I'm super impressed with, with everybody involved to be able to pull this off so quickly because it, it was a challenge and, and we delivered it in a couple of weeks. That's so impressive. Yeah, I, I remember seeing a funny meme on LinkedIn that said something like, who led the digital transformation of your company? Was it your, your CEO, your CIO, your CTO, or your COVID? COVID. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it was... Just, it's amazing to watch how quickly companies such as yourself and professionals like yourself are able to, to pivot and pull things off that are helping everyone in this time of crisis. So how can listeners learn more about the Clean Driver Program? Sure. So our website is cleandriverprogram.com. You know, we are in discussions with some other groups as well. So, you know, kind of what we're, what we're looking at here in the short term is, you know, we can we can further decrease the cost of the issuance of the supply if we get other vendors to take part as well. And we built the technology ecosystem to be able to handle, you know, well, what let's say if DoorDash wanted to have their own kit, right? Yep. Well, we could facilitate multiple drivers from different groups coming through because of the way that we built the workflow that when they get scanned, we would be able to know, are they a Grubhub driver? Are they a DoorDash? Are they Uber Eats? And if they had different kits, supply that driver with that kit. And, and 
What's really cool is, is we, we spend a lot of time focusing in on making sure that we're, you know, the protocols are correct. Social distancing. We, when, when a car comes through the lane, the driver doesn't get out of the car, he just holds his phone out. All of our guys are in you know, masks and gloves and, and we have tons of sanitizer and we're flipping masks and gloves off all the time. And then once that driver is scanned and we know that they're, they're approved, they drive up and actually pull their kit off of a table. We don't even hand it to them. So it's sitting there. So there's no even human to human contact at all. So we, we feel confident that we can mix in other vendors and be able to handle that specifically. The other thing that we're working on is I, I think probably over the next couple of days, we'll have a real solid sanitation process for the vehicle itself that we will be able to do uh, without the need of heavy chemicals, uh, without the need for you know, a, a machinery, right? So we, we've spent the last couple of weeks talking to a lot of vendors that are making some really cool products these days. So our goal is to not only expand you know, locations, but also expand services. Because I think when you get into more of the TNC networks, you know, that is where the sanitation of the car, I think, is important from helping stop spread COVID, but also to give consumers, put their minds at ease that at least something is being done. So the Philadelphia Parking Authority has actually asked the state of Pennsylvania, the, the health director, to provide guidance on should TNC cars be forced to be sanitized so that when they ramp back up and the economy opens up a little bit, that they're, we're not dealing with a situation where all of a sudden everybody starts getting back into Ubers and then there's another outbreak. So lots of moving pieces to this. And you know, I, we're, we're excited to be able to be able to execute quickly enough to handle kind of whatever's out there. Man, that's great stuff. That's impressive, Charlie. Well done. It's amazing how quickly you guys have been able to pull this off and that this is the foundation that can be reused and repurposed for years to come because we've heard about the flare-ups that are going to occur. Maybe this is all cleared up in six months, but it's going to keep coming back every six months or future pandemics where we have a solution for the new normal. So very, very well done, Charlie. I'm impressed. And how can listeners learn more about CurbTrack? CurbTrack, yeah. Our, our, our normal software, what we use it for is, uh, is still, still out there. So that's CurbTrack.com, C-U-R-B-T-R-A-C.com. You know, I just want to say I hope everyone's staying healthy and, and sane. I think sane is, is, is more important because it's, I, I'm not the person, I, I'm fortunate right now, I'm not the person that, that can stay inside very long. So having this to do and getting outside the house has been beneficial for me mentally. So I'm appreciative of that. Yeah, that's what's surprising is that you'd think with all this that there wouldn't be a lot going on. But it's, I, I would say that April was probably the busiest month I've had in my career with this company because your clients are looking for answers, your employees are looking for answers, people are looking for solutions, you're having to think outside the box. People are looking at old projects they shelved and bringing those out. So it's been yeah, it's it's a question of sanity, and thankfully, we have great companies behind us that we can apply our talents and skills and put our creativity to. So, Charlie, once again, well done, man. Have a great week. Appreciate you joining the podcast as our number one first-time podcaster guest ever, and then our first repeat ever. Charlie, thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. See you, buddy. And last but not least, we have Cindy Campbell here on the podcast to talk about frontline training. 
So we can't have a COVID episode without having a representative from IPMI on the episode. So this week, we are lucky to have Cindy. How are you doing today, Cindy? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Awesome. So you do a lot of great things, but one in particular is traveling around the country doing these in-person frontline training. I've actually sat through several. Such good engagement with the staff. And, and I like that you usually start with, I've been there. I used to write parking tickets or I used to sit in a booth and right away you, you got them because I don't think they like it when someone comes and talks about custom service that has never walked a beat or issued parking tickets. But with COVID, you haven't been able to go around doing this traveling so like the rest of us, you had to put together a plan to see if you can do your job remotely. So you all have implemented some sort of new virtual frontline training. So I would like to, to talk a little bit about that. What's that been like? Yeah, we have. Uh, it's it's um, challenging, exciting, obviously a little more one-dimensional. You, know, you mentioned the on-site training when we get to be face-to-face and uh, you can uh, read body language and facial expression, and, and I miss that. But the industry needs something in the interim, and we had to come up with a, a training uh, or several trainings that people could do from wherever they are. We've got staff that are still at home. We've got uh, folks, frontline staff, that are at the office but doing different jobs, but professional development remains. So my crew are training specialists, myself and Kim Jackson and Matt Penny, who are both still working in the industry, we put our heads together and uh, came up with these one-hour sessions uh, online because, let's face it, a three-hour session, which is typically what we do in person, is really hard to accomplish when you've got maybe other adults working in the home or you've got kids attending school online. So uh, we've adapted, and we rolled this out in May. We're continuing this through the summer. It's pretty exciting, actually, and we've gotten a very good response. But really, I mean, this is the perfect time. There's not as much work as normal for your staff. So think about, you know, this is a perfect time to, to brush up their customer service skills, to talk about other frontline training topics that you guys talk about. So how can listeners, if they want to enroll their frontline staff into, into this training, how can they learn more about this program? So agencies are, are looking for ways to support their staff with, with professional development still. And, and um, let's face it, most of our public agencies are financially challenged uh, right now. They're, they've got a lot to do and, and not necessarily a lot of resources to get it done. So what IPMI has done is um, with these instructor-led frontline courses online, we've made it as inexpensive as possible just to try to offer something to our members into the industry so that they can still continue to brush up on skills or learn new skills to do the jobs that we've asked Frontline to do. Um, These jobs are hard. I I speak from experience. I I did it years ago. But IPMI has this uh, entire listing of classes right now on our website. And if if you were to go to the IPMI website, you simply click on the professional development drop down and select frontline training live. There's a whole class series listed there. I will actually send you the link so that you can put it in your show notes as well. But uh, take a look at that and uh, see what we have going. All right. So anything else, anything else new on the horizon for you and your team, Cindy? Yeah. You know, it's interesting with this whole new dynamic, like I was saying, 
of uh, teaching remotely, we're always trying to think of what's next. So I'm really excited about some new frontline live sessions that we're rolling out in July and in subsequent months. We've got, gosh, so many new topics, new courses, presenters, a wide range of, of experts in our industry, actually, that are going to be doing presentations for these frontline and intermediate staff. We see it as, as uh, another great resource for MyPMI for remote professional development, but it's really going to be something for everyone. And there's still going to be one hour, interactive sessions, and we're putting the July calendar together right now. We're going to be releasing more details really soon. So stay tuned. Fun stuff. Thank you so much, Cindy. Have a great week. Thank you. Lastly, I would be remiss if I did not mention what my own company, Reef, is doing in regards to COVID-19. From using our parking facilities for COVID testing sites to donating meals to doctors, nurses, and frontline staff throughout the country through our Reef kitchens, Reef is leading the way. You can read more about this at reeftechnology.com slash COVID updates. Thanks again for tuning in. Stay safe out there. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Parking Podcast. Please leave us a review and tell a friend about our show. It would mean a lot. This has been a production of Synchronicity Media, produced by me, Isaiah Mao. Our music and score is by Zona. Our show art and design is by the talented Allison Gilly. You can follow us on social media at The Parking Podcast, or you can find our website with bonus content at parkingcast.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, publishers of the industry's only soup-to-nuts textbook about all things parking. It's called A Guide to Parking, and several of our guests from previous episodes have contributed to this wonderful little textbook. Learn more and order your own copy at parking-mobility.org textbook.